Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome under the helmet. Looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, the official podcast of uthdynasty.com, home to over 300 premium podcasts annually, trade calculator that will get you on your path to your best season of trading yet. All the premium podcasts, all the analytics, the rankings, everything pointed towards drafting better, trading better, building better dynasty teams here in 2020 and beyond. And Katie, we're going to be talking, going around the dial with the, the skill positions. Probably need to do it, you know, two, three times a year just so that we have these checkpoints before the NFL draft, after the NFL draft. And here we are, fingers crossed, uh, leading towards NFL activities uh, in the coming weeks. You know, more, you know, we, we do have a, a little bit of news here, but more and more actual NFL uh, applicable dynasty news coming forth, you know, by the day or by the week. And so we're going to be talking about wide receiver. We've already talked. If you want to listen to the past two episodes, quarterback, running back to catch up, basically just peppering Katie with some questions, talking about the environment and the landscape overall. But we have to start with a very much watched quarterback uh, this off season, one that was out there longer than a lot of players. Um, and that is Cam Newton, where a lot of ambiguity uh, uh, health-wise, you know, getting that medical check. Where is he with his various injuries um, and liabilities he's had of late? Uh, he's been a quasi-running back <laughs> as well as a quarterback over the course of his career. So he was one that I, I just saw today. He, this is the only contract offer he's had. 31 teams. Now, did the Patriots offer something earlier? Uh, the way I read it was 31, 31 teams did not put an offer on Cam Newton so far so uh but we do have cam newton and the jared stidham watch i i liken it back to you know some of these running backs they almost get to week one and then all of a sudden you know there's a signing and it's like you almost made it and jared stidham almost made it without tangible 101 previously in the nfl draft katie top five seasons as a fantasy option competition uh so it's incentive laden it's arguably i don't know if we've seen if it's actually cuttable in the preseason type in terms of could it be that low money uh, depending on how it works out with him transitioning health-wise all those things but Katie what was your initial reaction as a Patriots fan hearing that they have brought in yet another high-profile veteran that is certainly on the rebound from their career arc I think it's about time I've been wondering you know I did not have a lot of faith in Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer and that combination, and they've got a couple of other quarterbacks in the room. The biggest question mark on Cam has been the injury, and they haven't been able to give him a physical with everything going on with COVID going on. And so they took their time, and they got a steal. And, and for the Patriots, this is so Patriot-like. They get a guy that nobody else wants that has some upside, and if he's healthy, I have no doubt he'll be the starter there. He just is he healthy? And if he's not, then 
it was no big, you know, skin off their nose to try it. But they say that it has nothing to do with Jarrett Stidham or his performance or whatever. There's a lot of talk about, you know, it's not because we didn't like him. I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to... Uh, well, if you got a day three quarterback as the projected week one starter, um, there has to be a little of that going on. <laughs> yeah. Typically. Um, right. Do you think that this is going to be, now obviously we've had the Tom Brady era, and even amidst that when he's missed some games, the offense has pretty much been the same. Do you think this is going to end up being, if Cam Newton is the starter, obviously if he's not, you know, probably things are going to stay more status quo. But do you think this is going to be a situation where, they have a mobile quarterback. This is a new toy, new dimension that they really haven't had in two decades. Is this going to be something that changes the approach to the offense in general? I think whenever you have a big enough change like this from a non-mobile to a mobile quarterback, it has to it has to change. The Patriots are nothing if they are not adaptable. And they will adapt to whatever is the best use of Cam Newton. I have no doubt about that. If he's healthy, they will use him to the best for the team. And there will be changes made because of it. And do you have, I've seen some people, you know, saying, oh, Nikhil Harry, this is a huge boost to him or player XY. Uh, do you have any other ancillary changes or is this more, hey, we still don't even know if he's going to be the starter. It's part of the range of possibilities uh, for the team. Are you making any overarching, this is good, this is bad, uh, for for some of the attached players? No, I'm not. It, I think it's too soon to do that. We don't know if he's even going to pass the physical. We don't know how he's going to fit in, if he's going to fit in. I would assume that he will fit in. And I believe that if he's healthy, he will get every crack at that starting job and has should have no problem winning the starting job. But outside of that, no, I'm not going to pump up one player or another and say this is a boon to this guy. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, they're, James White is now the next Christian McCaffrey. That's bogus. I mean, he's already being used in that kind of role where he gets a lot of passes and 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 I don't know that it's going to exponentially get higher Right. Um, so, okay. And at 31 years old, what do you think about just, okay, he passes the physical, but just the wear and tear. Um, I've actually said before, I, I think I said it on the, the reaction show I, that was later, later last week that, you know, you almost have to view him and his degradation as a hybrid quarterback running back. I mean, the number of carries he's had, the number of hits he's had in the NFL, he's built like a tank. We know that. But even in the NFL, tanks only last so long. They get beat up. They get dented. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on there, even though he's the size of a lot of linebackers. Um, do you think that, you know, probably the tea leaves are there, just the lack of interest. Now, maybe a big part of it was not being able to have him in the building and not get those medical checks from your own team back months ago. But do you think that we're going to see Cam Newton still operating, you know, close to what we last saw in terms of as a rusher? Do you think that could go higher just with how they might want to use him? Or is that something where you go, you know, that as he keeps aging, it's going to keep going down and down. And he's going to have to rely more on his arm than his legs. I would imagine he would have to at some point rely more more on his arms than his legs, but 
I don't know. I until I see that he is past physical and cleared to uh, play and everything, and he's practicing. I really, I'm not a big speculator. Right. Uh, until you, you know, see it. it. Comes, I, yeah. yeah. Do you exactly. ha- do you have him in leagues? I do. I have him. In fact, a couple weeks, maybe within the last ten days, I had tried in a super flex to trade him in a package. Uh, for some other players and the guy rolled his eyes at me and was like cam newton he's not even going to be a starter anywhere this year and i said i don't know about that and this this was long before the news but it was a counter offer that i had sent to him and i wasn't all that interested in his original offer so i was trying to make it at least palatable and when he shot down the cam newton it's like well then it's not worth me countering again because unless I can get an upgrade at quarterback or at that time a perceived upgrade at quarterback with the rest of the package, I wasn't really interested. Uh, but it was just funny timing wise because like eight, nine days later, then this news came out and at least now he has a shot to start. That's all I've ever been wanting with my Cam Newton shares is put him on a team where he has the opportunity to start. Well, and now he has the opportunity. So yeah. I mean, th- that's what makes the Jameis Winston one so interesting because typically the bigger names, they don't go to clear backup roles. You know, Ryan Tannehill right. was another example of, you know, certainly not as big of a name as Winston and, and Cam Newton, but going to a situation. Now we see Mariota, you know, being a pretty big name going behind Derek Carr. These aren't commonplace, you know, a team right. having two bigger name quarterbacks uh, for long, you know, especially when one of them has the choice to go there or not go there um, as a decision, you know, for for their future. But I just thought it was, you know, like you said, the potential to start. I mean, I when you were saying that, I was like, well, Cam Newton's going to have the potential to start a lot of places. But really, you kind of look around the NFL and you say, you know, more than half of the jobs, he would go there and have zero to minimal chance to be the starter outside of an injury. So the way you said that, I was kind of, you know, by the end of it, I I already reverted in my head and nodded along because I was like, you know, yeah, I mean, so many of them are kind of declared with with currents. And those are probably the teams that would have no interest anyway. Um, Right. But what do you, do you think, so it sounds like instead of buying off this news and that's, that's kind of anti- you know, anti-UTH, you know, kind of chasing the heat, so to speak. But so it sounds like if you don't own him, you wouldn't really be making forays into the dynasty marketplace to buy him. But let's flip, yeah, let's flip it. Let's flip it. So you have him and you're wait and see. So you have him, you stashed him, whether you had him previously last year, you had him earlier in the off season. Uh, maybe you picked him up a few weeks ago, who knows? But does it change for you if it's a start one or a or a quarterback premium format on your interest in selling or exploring now versus holding and seeing? There's no way you can sell him in a single quarterback league. I don't believe you could get anything for him in a start one of any value. Okay. And for super flex or start two, it depends on your league mates. It always does. But I doubt that anybody if they weren't trying to get him for the cheap in the off season why would they come to you now it's more once he gets that starting job then i think he will escalate but there's still so many question marks and i've looked at the polls on twitter it's pretty tepid out there nobody's excited about this really it's 
Well, yeah. it's, it's the only NFL real NFL news we've had for a stretch of, of player right. But input, I mean, as right. far as as far as I haven't seen any trades go down on Twitter. I haven't seen any positive comments. Oh, you know, I've seen a lot of speculation. You know, UTH as made far a as... trade. UTH made a Cam Newton trade. I oh can, yeah, I can share one. Uh, okay. Yes, yes. A Let's sus- hear it. A subscriber sold Cam Newton for, and this is with a rookie class still to go. So obviously, you don't have to push that to 2021. Which helps evaluate it because obviously you yep, know what players yep. you're looking at. He traded uh, uh, Cam Newton for 202 in Superflex. Okay. So. So that's a good player. And that was um, po- and that was post then that was post signing obviously. Yeah, because there's going to be three quarterbacks off the board before the 202 hits, so yep. you're going to be looking at potentially even Jalen Rager at that point. Could be Jalen Rager or Justin Jefferson. I would say very high yep. level confidence of an AJ Dillon, you know, as maybe oh, even yeah, a worst yeah. case. So, but right. but yeah, so you're right in that zone. Like you said, you take three quarterbacks out and uh, and there you are. And like you said, there's variables of is he even going to be the starter? I mean, and again, the lack of NFL interest, there there's obviously some skepticism there. And what I would remind folks is cuz I really didn't move him too much in my where I had him previously. Um, right. Because obviously I was looking at the erosion factor, the fact mm-hmm. that I just haven't seen enough passing game development. That's me. I, I've watched right. you know every yeah. play since he's been in the league, and I just I said at some point you got to transition to being uh, you know and and Russell Wilson is a pretty good example of that. Of he's gotten better and better as a passer. He was already good, but you see how or Aaron Rodgers running a little less. You just see these quarterbacks where they get into their thirties. You have to run a little less. And, and for, you know, we're probably going to see it with Carson Wentz, you know, over the next maybe two, three seasons, especially if he, you know, has, has another injury or two. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to throttle down your game so that you can protect yourself and lean more as a traditional, uh, what I always say is uh, Greg Cosell mentions at some point, you got to stand in the pocket, deliver with anticipation, timing, and accuracy, the right ball on third down you know, to, to basically win the game at some point that has to be a cornerstone part of your game, uh, in your career. And if you're not there at 25, you you better get there by 30 or beyond. I mean, so that, that's the premise is that you can't just go around making sporadic plays. You can't be a runner, you know, at, at, for, for your entire NFL career, you're just not going to last. Um, and that, and that's not how you win the NFL ultimately, especially with all the rules going out. They can, what I always say is like Lamar Jackson, I really just, when I saw him running a number of times last year, I just I got shades of Michael Vick because you sit there and you you say when you get outside the pocket like that, you are not protected. The NFL rules will protect the heck out of you in the pocket. And once you escape, once you became become a running back or a quarterback on a, or a wide receiver on a jet sweep, fair game is what happens. So that's what, what worries me about quarterbacks. And we've seen Cam Newton, again, dish out tons of punishment, but there's a toll there. There's a toll to be had. So um, th- I, I, I wasn't really going anywhere dynasty-wise, but what I would say is it, reiterating my final point of what you said, which is there's no guarantees the starter. This is not a one-year, $20 million contract. Oh, right. he will be yeah. the starter. This Base is minimum. a let's see how August goes. With incentives. Goes. With yeah. incentives. Let's see how so. August goes. And we've seen, you know more than anybody, Katie, that – the Patriots have brought in plenty of bigger name guys at a very varying of positions that have not worked out. There's a chance he may not even be on the roster Correct. when the season starts. Do you think he would still be on the team if he's not the week one starter? I don't think he will be. 
I think if he can't... Because that's a lot of stuff going on. You know, to say he came in, didn't win the job, or we prefer Jared Stidham, and then Cam Newton is just going to sit there. It sound, it, how does that work he out? He won't be. Uh, right. They will cut him. Right. Well, because right. that, that's not a good... That, that's going to look... The optics of that are going to look like Adrian Peterson standing over there on the sidelines in New Orleans, right? It'll have that look. And this is why it's big for Cam. If Cam has any gas left... Right. He is a competitor, and he will fight tooth and nail to become that starter. And it's a very incentive-laden contract. So if that man has any moxie in him, which I believe that he does, he will you know, go balls to the wall to get that starting job. Well, to be knowing- fair, this is the first time in his career where his career – you know, in the near term, is it's in, in jeopardy. It's in the sights, right? It, it's it's number one overall pick, in not in jeopardy. You know, and he, right. he he does well coming out of the gate, kind of like RG three as a rookie. You know, just came out of the gate, you know, a, a ball of fire. And so Cam Newton really has always been on that that track. And then now injuries, you know, hasn't since the Super Bowl year hasn't been overly winning, you know, as a, as a team and leading that as a quarterback. So yeah, right now you could see it. If this goes poorly, <laughs> they say you have chosen poorly <laughs> from, yeah. from the, that Indiana Jones movie that he could not be in the league. Now we're as, a, as a, again, as a fantasy dynasty person, now you're in the zone of it's, it's absolutely year to year, meaning he may not be in the NFL in 2021. That is within the scope of outcomes. And three years ago, you would have said that's not likely and now it could be very likely. Right. Well, one of the things that Rota World said is that Bill Belichick spoke to North Turner ahead of time, and Turner said, you look at the tape, he played his butt off. Right. This last year was injury-related. Yep. It's got nothing to do with his talent. It's the injury that kept him off the field. And if that dude is healthy – Norv Turner is speaking up for him, saying he will work his butt off for you to make this happen. So we will see. And that's, he's got a chance. Yep. And it's up to him and it's up to his health. Is he healthy enough to win the starting job? That is for me and has been for me the big question mark. What if you had to decide as your QB3, let's say, on your, on your Superflex roster, Justin Herbert or Cam Newton? Which one would like as your QB three on your super flex roster? Which are one you would talking you about? Have? I've got to cut somebody. No, or just I can't? just right now you can transport in. You have you have to have either Cam Newton or Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Okay. Even even though the factor is he's never played, there's a high bust yeah. risk. But Cam Newton has a high I, bust risk, right? Right, okay. and he's. Right. Justin Herbert, at least in the dynasty community, will have the opportunity. Cam Newton's flash is already gone. His value, even if Cam wins the starting job in New England, do you really think that you're going to get Russell Wilson value for him ever? No, no, no. You won't. But if Justin Herbert starts and has a few flashes, you can... Right. We we know how that story goes, yeah. Right. So that's why... You know, just from a pragmatic standpoint, I would have to choose. If you're giving me those two options, I would have to say Justin Herbert. Do you think a top six season is still possible for Cam Newton? Uh, Chad, I don't know. Well, no, I'm just saying. I mean, obviously, when he did I know, it, he was running I know, but you know I lot. don't like these speculation well, games. I, I, I don't. Okay. I, I don't. Okay. I think I think those probabilities are waning. 
would be my. They probably my are question. waning. If I had to guess, I would say probably not. Not with all of the other quarterbacks that would be better than him. He'd have to be Superman in order yeah. to get there. And I ironically, don't really he, yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> that's his yeah, nickname. That's his thing. But but yeah, that's <laughs> when I get into quarterbacks, and you know, the, especially I mean. This is going to be one of the the UTH patron things this week about the you know who's who has all the flash to be a breakout guy and stuff. The thing I want to remind folks, and I'll just mention it here too, is, I mean, when you say someone's going to be like a top five quarterback, please just start stacking up the litany of options that and what subset of that they would need to pass all those guys. Right. Because quarterback is tough. It is tough. It is. If you're not running around like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. It's tough to crack. So if you're just a guy that throws the ball around. Oh, you mean like Joe Burrow? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> kind of, sort of. I wasn't alluding to anyone particularly. But but he would be a good one, you know, as well as others of saying, oh, you're just going to throw the ball and you're going to be you know, top six. Look at all the guys that you would have to pass. Um, all right. So let's talk, yeah. some, let's talk some wide receivers. Um, okay. So the landscape um, I mean, the general landscape is a lot of guys that are at 26, 27, 28 years old at the top. Um, that 2014 class, they're aging on they us. They are still uh, carrying the mail, though, aren't they, Katie? They are. I mean, they are. We've got, yeah, they're all coming up together. Um, do you have a general – so right now, if you're, if you're advising somebody on a startup draft and you're saying, hey, get – I just did. You this just week. did. You get a, I just did this So week. if you say, hey, you got to get a wide receiver or two relatively early – what is your what is your general hey I love this profile from a team building perspective of hey they they can anchor me for the time being I love their I love their short term opportunity to be an anchor production wise for my team uh, what are what's that short list for you of advisory names for for drafts so there aren't a ton of young wide receivers that I would put ahead of the Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. The five to eight guys, yeah. Yeah, those five to eight guys. There's not a lot of the younger wide receivers that I would take over them. And other people will. So their price tag is is too high. Like a Kenny Galladay, who's actually ironically almost as old as those other guys that I just named sneaky old but yeah sneaky old right exactly but even like the DJ Moores who I like a lot there's still a lot of risk involved and I my advice to the subscriber who asked me he's in a rookie Debbie Superflex 12 team startup this week and he said would I be crazy to take somebody like DeAndre Swift over Mike Evans when it gets to my pick in the I think it was late, late second, second third or round, late yeah. second, third round. Right. And I said, how about you look at it this way? It's a super flex draft. What if you just trade back to within six to 12 spots where you can still get one of those younger guys that you like, but now you have them throw in a pick somewhere in the round of nine through 12, because there's going to be an extreme lot of value there. And Debbie too, yeah, Jesus. And, and Debbie picks, and it's picks, not just players. You can just wow. pick a draft slot. Even better. Right. So I said, if you trade back and stay within six to 12 spots of that pick, then you have the opportunity the next time you get on the clock to look at the landscape and do the same thing. Start accruing a bunch of 
extra picks if they want to make it a two for two trade and give you a bigger bump in a later round then just try to counter with maybe having them throw in a 14th round pick or something because that is going to be like a future first they won't realize it right now but when when you start to do that and then you can again you control the draft board so they ended up taking that advice and the guy that traded up traded up for Julio instead of, course, of Mike he, Evans. Of course they did. Right. But and and I said, so you keep your eye on that guy because he's gonna be a good trade partner for you again. To get more picks and from him. It, exactly. And sure enough that happened and so he's been keeping me posted with his progress. He ended up with an extra like six picks within uh, rounds seven through 12 he's got like two two extra seventh yeah. or like one additional seventh round pick one additional eighth round pick two additional ninth round picks but he's got a whole bunch of picks in that juicy range it's it's okay to be young in a startup but you also want to get that extra value you don't want to bleed value so if you don't if you don't want to take a mike evans or an amari cooper i understand they are getting older but they still have a lot of value you don't want to leak that value and just take a high-risk rookie only instead of them. So if you can't trade back, I would take a Mike Evans or a Mari Cooper or even DeAndre Hopkins, any one of those guys as the anchor. And then maybe I try to sell them uh, and get a multi-deal. Sometimes you can't do it when you're on the clock. Sometimes you've got to wait until after, but you still like that profile. They've done it for many years. Uh, they're still fairly... Uh, Nobody is no risk, but they're less risky than some of the other guys that you they're would pretty close. Yeah, I mean, if we if we are looking for quote unquote bulletproof, and again, it's it's shades of what bulletproof actually means. I mean, those are about over the next couple of years, about as close as you can get. Is the point of of I mean, what they've done and and what they have have locked in, and you would project going forward. That's about as secure and stable at wide receiver as you can find. Um, I think it's interesting that the dynamic to observe here over the next, say, two seasons, because then we're going to get all these 27 to 28 and a half or so year old wide receivers at the top, getting to the point where the the marketplace in general discounts pretty heavily at 29 and 30. And then my real thing is just watching, well, who of these wide, there, there's so much upside. So I get why some people are chasing, you know, and, and I think they're doing it a little early, to be honest. You know, you get the, like you said, you get DJ Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster to some degree, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, or, you know, uh, CD Lamb or Jerry Judy. I get all this, but that there's huge upside because if they end up on a track over the next couple of years developing into that, they could absolutely zoom past um, all those names that are at the top right now. The risk, though, is what did you give up over that term to make that bet? And then I would say, ancillary, what if you are wrong? Because mm-hmm. if you are wrong, you just hemorrhaged you know, the, the stability of having that anchor wide receiver one, and you look back and you say... I had all these really nice profiles and I said no because they're a few years older. And and, and then just so it, it makes me a little squeamish, but I know why people are doing it. You know, DJ Moore in the top 6 or 7, you know, or uh what is it? AJ Brown in the top 10. I mean, 
you're in a, you're in a room right here that I mean we like AJ Brown, but I love him. But I it, love AJ Brown. Just, but just I mean I would I would hearken what Jordan says sometimes like it's about the cost sometimes like you can right. like the player and not like the cost and AJ Brown is one of those examples of just. I think there's, you know, at the price point, it, this is Baker Mayfield and Superflex last year. I think it's Kyler Murray this year and in, in Superflex this year. That it's just there's these price points that you can like players and say it doesn't make a lot of sense team building wise. And AJ Brown and a few of these other guys, I just feel like they're being anointed as if they will become over the next three years a Michael Thomas type or Devontae Adams type or Mike Evans type when they really haven't done anywhere close to what those guys even did two, three years ago. Yep. It's not the same. Like, it's just, they haven't done it. And I feel like Dynasty is always about, like, being progressive and moving forward. And, like, I got to be cutting edge. And cutting edge now is saying a 23-year-old that isn't Calvin Johnson. I mean, we had those guys. Katie, you were playing Dynasty probably when I was, right? When you had, like, A.J. Green coming up and Julio Jones and, like... I started playing Dynasty in 2014. I started playing Redraft in 2012. Okay. But, but But I remember back then, I mean, those were considered close to bulletproof guys. It was like coming out of college, I really believe in AJ Green. And it's like he was going very high. And I just these guys don't really have that profile in my 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 opinion. Like this so the fact that you're just saying that Jerry Judy will be this guy or AJ Brown will be this guy, CD Lamb will be this guy. Like to me it's apples to oranges and there's a lot more risk saying it here than back then. And that's not like a I know the outcome sort of thing. I just remember back then and again it, it it's much better to have those quality profiles and be a top 5 top 8 pick in the NFL draft rather than be a a mid first, you know, or yes. or even a day 2 yes. where you've shown some stuff over one to two seasons. Exactly. I guess I'm getting old, Katie. I I'm, I must be getting old because I used to be all about the projecting that they will be great at wide receiver, especially. And now I'm just like, you got to show it to me. You got to show it to me. You know, like all these guys, I don't know. I don't know about you, Katie, but like, the, you know, you get the Jarvis Landry's, the Tyler Lockett's, Robert Woods, even this year, uh, just a, Adam Thielen is really cheap. Brandon Cooks is cheap. I mean, is that sort of, I mean, I didn't mention every guy that's like a hardy UTH name, but to me, those like mid to later career guys are going at a huge discount right now. Oh, absolutely. Even Cooper Cup, who yeah. has proven that he can do it. Uh, he's he's an afterthought in a lot of startups and trades and things like that. Especially when you can go from a, from below them, right? I mean, you can sort of like give a pick or give a player that has some juice that but really hasn't done much. And you add a little bit something to that. And it's like, oh, well, now I got a guy that's probably going to be in the top 10 or 15 this year. <laughs> like, how has that ever been so accessible for a guy that's not? It's not like it's Larry Fitzgerald at 33 years old, right? I mean, it's you're not having to go that deep into the age bucket. Right. Okay. Exactly. Um, so, so some of those macro things. So do you I think I think I, I, I covered up what you said. I mean, do you think A.J. Brown top 10 is just just too pricey for yes. considering what's happened so far? Hundred percent. Now, if he puts up a monster season, it's going to be very appropriate, right? Right. But and if that happens, the more the more data points that you have, right. the more times that they can do it, uh, then yeah, then they start to prove that they belong in that in that spot. Right. But if I don't have a comfortable feeling, and and that's where the UTH style of drafting comes heavily into play if you've got a tier that's 20 players deep 
and that's excessive, but eight players deep, you can control the board by staying within those eight spots and just picking up players, especially in the format that listener was in where Devi picks are going to start to go off the board later. Uh, They didn't start to go off the board. I think he told me it was late seventh round when Devi picks placeholders were starting to go. Yeah, exactly. So all of those extra picks that he got. And then he said, is it worth, uh, you know, moving, you know, to get that 101 Devi or the 102 Devi? Is it, you know, we, we know that, that, uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and Superflex are like gods right now. Um, and it's like the new car value. You don't want to pay full price for that new car. Cause as soon as you drive it off the lot, it loses value. You have just as much chance of hitting with your 36th Debbie pick as you do the one Debbie pick. So let a few of them go off the board and take players like Justin Herbert that already are a first round NFL draft pick, you know, and and there's going to be other stud quarterbacks in college in Devi if you so desire at any level of your Devi draft. All it takes is either a little extra research or a shot of whiskey for the diva of Devi and and let her help you. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> or just you know? or just taking him again much later. Like we always yes. say that it's like, hey, hey, you might really have your eye on the first two or three that everybody knows, but you know what? They come from the ether all the time, and yes. all of a sudden you take if you got fifteen Devi picks and most teams have four. I mean, you have fifteen, and you you feel a lot more. Uh, capable. It's all about volume. Yeah, I mean, you feel and, a lot more liberal looking, to take a few shots maybe elsewhere where, oh, I only have three right. picks. I really can't waste any. I'm not saying you're wasting them, but you have a lot more. You build more, a taxi yeah. squad with as a stable of high-profile players that fit the that fit the bill. You know, you're not talking about running backs that are 165 pounds soaking wet, incoming freshmen. <laughs> uh, you know, you're looking at profiles, guys that, that have the juice and betting on that and building a taxi squad, maximizing that taxi squad every year. If there's six, if there's 15, I want a full taxi squad. Every year, I want a full taxi squad. I remember that. Or at least in the first several years. And then once you start getting guys come in off your taxi squad, then you can start to, to group the higher risk guys into a big trade to get somebody a little more stable. And it's all about roster management at that point. Yeah, that's that's a, a a real concern and maybe real to do list item for folks that are you know you have a robust taxi squad and you now all of a sudden every year and it's a good problem to have but you you realize folks rookies are coming off of that you know maybe they have to maybe rookies can stay on there but you've, you're drafting other rookies and devies that are eligible but now you've got to make sure you're refining your veteran player pool for your active squad because now you're having play, you know, you don't want to just have excess and be really in a bad place. It'll, it could be a, a sharp roster cut down for you and not the league in general. I remember Katie, our, the league that we drafted, it might've been last year. It, it's the one where I, and I thought of it earlier in the show when you, you mentioned if there's an owner that, you know, very much is looking to give away or cheaply discount picks that are rookie Debbie, you know, or future picks like that, that, you know, we, we found that owner and I think we collected every single one of their picks and Mm -hmm. just over and over again, you just keep going back to the well, but that is a, it's a robust taxi squad. And it just, it struck that chord of what you were saying that, 
you just want more shots. You want more and you want more. And the more I'll, I'll say this, if you like scouting college and you start getting in a Debbie league or two, you start to learn that, okay, well this league, I, you know, I really stretched my, my, uh, my metal, you know, and, and my, my Debbie scouting by now I can roster 20 Debbie players. And that might be huge for you. And then it's like, well, ah, there's still a bunch of guys, you know, that I had on my list. And I wish I could draft them. So maybe you join one that's up to 30. I mean, we have one. I think I can't. I think I got in one where the taxi squad was 50. Maybe that's with you. I can't remember if it is or it isn't. But when you look and you see your taxi squad is actually larger than your active, <laughs> that's when you know, I mean, you're all the way in. You're two feet into that pool and your feet are never going to be dry again. Uh, just because you can't go... You, it's endless is what, what we would say. I think, I think there's some people right now doing a pretty deep draft on, uh, on Twitter right now that I, I've just kind of seen, seen some names that even go beyond. They're drafting a bunch of IDP and stuff too. And they go beyond like the scope of what I know. And it's like, wow, I go deep. But look at this draft. Like there's always a new level I've found. But it's one thing. I mean, you get Katie and I talking Debbie, but it's just – Yeah. It, it's just – but it's just it, – it's so much – it enhances. If you like the NFL draft, it just enhances your appreciation of them and players and scouting going to the NFL because you're doing that while they're already in college where there's actually stakes attached. Yep. Um, so back to wide receiver. Is there any – Maybe it's a deeper guy. Uh, maybe if you want to throw in, you know, it, it's a it's a rookie for this year. Is there like that deeper guy that you've got decent exposure to? Uh, maybe they're the wide receiver four, five, six on your typical roster. Katie, is there someone that that you you just you're really interested to see how they progress this year and or next year? There's a bunch in this class that I'm very curious to see how they're used and where they end up after year one. Uh, Jalen Rager is one of them. I've got quite a few shares of him. I really like Jerry Judy. I've got several shares of him. I've got some CeeDee Lamb. This year, I've I've spread the portfolio out a little bit more than usual, and I think in part because there's so many players that I do like. I like Justin Jefferson, for example. I don't have, I'm not all in on just one player every single time. It depends on the league and the risk factor based on what I have for a roster. I do believe in taking best player available, but best player when there's a tie between three guys is subjective. And so, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Justin Jefferson and how he does in Minnesota. Uh, some of the later guys that I like, I like T. Higgins. Curious to see how he's utilized and does he have to wait until A.J. Green is gone uh, in order to really flourish or will they try to get him a role in year one? Uh, what does that look like? Devin DuVernay still fascinates me. I don't have a ton of shares, but I've got enough to where – there's so many running backs in that same draft area that it just depends on how far he falls. But I, I do want to see how he's utilized. Uh, he He's just an all-around good utility type guy. Yeah, I, I think that was one of my – I think we did a football guys roundtable um, type discussion, and I put Devin DuVernay as my, as my super deep sleeper uh, as oh, yeah. one of them just because I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities that he is – 
by if it's later in the season, but transitioning, he could be viewed at some point soon as the wide receiver one there. I would not be surprised. Uh, you know, you're talking about a guy with legit athleticism, a guy with a rugged build, a guy with enough pedigree that he should see a decent amount of early opportunity on a team that you could say it's up in the air. I don't view Marquise Brown as a, a true wide receiver one. Um, they could be a team that kind of operates without one. It's probably Mark Andrews if there is one. Miles right. Boykin, you know, is he really a guy that didn't produce much at Notre Dame? Is he really going to transition to being um, a quality producer and consistent I'm one? rooting for him, though. I am. Oh, you are? Okay. Oh, I'm rooting for him. I it, I love his story. I love him. Uh, I don't know that he will, but I am rooting for him. I've got a place in my heart for him. Yeah, and we got to meet him. Uh, so obviously that uh, that makes it a lot a little easier, right? You'll always be rooting for uh, Jamal Williams. He's another one that you got yeah. to got to meet and do yeah. a long interview. Yeah, I was looking back at my my rookie hall, and I think one thing you were saying how you're spreading yourself out a little more this year. I was going to say it's a lot easier in a good class. If it's not a good class, I find myself gravitating towards fewer players. Like in 2019, I had a lot fewer players that I had strong exposure to. This year, it's a lot it's a lot more spread out. You know, get shares of, you know, Rager and Ayuk and Judy and and Higgins and and even a couple shares of like Mims. I only have one share of CD Lamb, but the point is at various points you're kind of, well, who's left? You know, who you know, if yeah. something goes awry, you might be dead set on bailing in another class if it's weaker oh my guy went i have one guy i like in the mid-second he's gone so i'm gone and this year it was more like you know i would have preferred this but it didn't happen so i'll go with this guy you know it's more of like a stick and pick year than it is a if this if this one scenario you know i have three picks and i really only have five or six players i'm interested in across those picks this was more of a year where you might have 10 to 12 players across three or four picks that you would you would take in that spot and you assuredly will get a look at a few of them um any final thoughts katie as we as we close up in terms of it could be advice it could be something to clean up the the loose ends here at wide receiver or it could be hey it's going to be july and uh we are inching closer to actual football stuff it's it's almost July. I am getting antsy and jonesing for social contact with friends, being able to go and travel and have a beer with somebody from Wisconsin or Philadelphia or wherever I my travels take me. Um, I've, I've got so many people in fantasy football that I just want to have a drink with and sit back and chill and talk uh, football. I want to see football on my TV. Uh, so I'm just, uh, it's that restless stage, Chad. Uh, I've been doing well, but I am starting to, even though I go outside and do a lot of projects and work around the house and I, I have had some small gatherings, a uh, couple friends here and there at my pool, uh, you know, cooking some steaks on the grill and having whiskey and just having a good time maintaining, you know, yeah. good you- practices and stuff. But it's still, it's tough. It's getting tough. Um, I, I just want to get things back to normal soon with, sooner rather than later with your nine to five do you still have zero plans uh zero sorry zero projected uh work related trips and travel we are grounded for we are grounded for sure through august okay and th- they've got a, a phase uh different phase chart and through august then they, we'll see and then we'll see right and they're v- being very responsible it's a great company to work for um, but that was a big. That was a, a big, big box of gloves and masks and and everything, so that when we do get to the next phase, I've got. I don't have to buy my own. I've got them 
So right. that's cool. Well, and that was a big, I mean, yes, Texas is a big friendly place, but that was a big part of being able to, for you, you know, see the, see the world. You got to talk football with a lot of the, the folks that you taught, but as well as having, having time beyond work hours uh, at different parts of the country that I know that has probably been one of the biggest uh, limitations for you over the past few months. Oh yeah, absolutely. Zoom is not the same, is it? Zoom is not the same. Just isn't. And you just don't know how much you miss something. To, people. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Is that what you? You don't know what the sad thing is. A lot of times when you have like this prime, it doesn't have to be like, oh, this was the greatest six months of my life type thing. But just certain facets, you don't. Re- it's true. You don't really appreciate it until you have zero percent of it. Right. You're like, ah, you know, it's kind of a pain to travel. And then, you know, I don't, I don't know if you thought that, but, and then all no. of a sudden, you know, like, ah, you know, the airports and the, you know, then the traveling, the hotels. And you're like, ah, it's kind of a grind. But now it's like, well, maybe I could have had a little less, but now I have a lot less. And, you know, no, it's, it's, it's a good balance. Two to three yeah. weeks every month and home every weekend and home at least one week out of every uh, four week period of time. It, it was a good balance. I liked working from home when I wasn't traveling, but now working from home it's all every the day. time. It's every day. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's okay. And I've been very busy. Don't get me wrong. And I, I absolutely love doing the zoom webinars and we've been able to reach a ton of people yeah. because, you know, my biggest class, this, this, I think it's been like 250 people or, or, thereabouts on zoom and you know try putting that many people in a classroom where you can reach that many people at once exactly so i like that we're able to reach so many more people through this avenue and we'll continue doing zoom webinars even after this is all done that was going to be a part of our playbook moving forward anyway but just not on every single day two to three per day type of thing it'll end up being you know maybe i'll do one a month or something like that. Um, Fingers crossed. And it's the type yeah. of thing where next month you'll know about the month after you already know about type stuff. You'll exactly. find out about September. Then you'll find out about October. It's kind of like we're waiting to see on Cam Newton. We're waiting yeah. to see on, it's a roll, on my travel. It's, and, it's a and, rolling set of expectations and projections. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But because of the amount of traveling and face-to-face that we do, I know they will be very cautious. Yeah. They're not going to... I would expect them to be letting us travel a good month or two behind what most people are allowing. Right. We need, if I had to guess. Yep. And again, Katie, she's still nailing it via zoom. So making it work. Um, and I do want to mention no advertising, but I got Tim torch over there on the featured podcast weekly for Patreon. So you can go to patreon.com slash UTH. I get a lot of other bonuses. We're starting a monthly uh, VIP strategy session call. Speaking of, of Zoom or Skype or or some platform, uh, TBD, but that's starting in July. If you needed more uh, motivation to sign up, kick the tires, uh, you get a lot of bonuses over there, a lot more content. And also mentioning again, become a general manager subscriber over at UTHDynasty.com. Support what Katie and I do here, Tim Torch, Jordan McNamara, and a lot of good things at UTH. Again, building that uh, set of advice and recommendations year over year uh, that you can trust. You can build your best dynasty teams from this point forward. For Katie Flower at FF, uh, FF underscore Skyler 399, I am at Chad Parsons NFL on Twitter. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties. <laughs> <laughs>